0: Hello there. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 118, which is entitled Tired. I'm your host, G2, and boy, am I tired. I'll get more to that in a minute. Um, I want to start off with the National Food Days of the Week. Today being March the 19th, it is Lacey Oatmeal Day. Tomorrow, March 20th, it is Ravioli Day. March 21st, Crunchy Taco Day. March 22nd, Water Day. March 23rd, Chips and Dip Day. Nothing from March 24th. This will be a Friday, March 25th, to round it off. It'll be International Waffle Day. Now, the reason why I'm tired is because, boy, oh, boy, we have gotten into Daylight Savings Time. And Daylight Savings Time absolutely sucks. I always hate it. I hate whenever the government decides that we're going to go on this whole thing of taking an hour away from us. I don't care the reason why they do it. I don't. This, it hit different this week. I felt tired. I felt out of place. I just felt completely uh just out of whack just by missing that one hour literally every single day that they do this every year but this year it just hit extra different so uh that's the reason why i entitled this episode tired because i was and also the news cycle this week it was tiring it wasn't uh as much like hot toppy news that really popped off this week it really didn't and you'll see what i mean as i get into this but To start the episode off, I want to give some condolences to two people. The first one is actor Lance Riddick. Lance is known for his work in The Wire and also being in the John Wick franchise movies, especially the fourth uh, movie that's coming out next, well, this following Friday. And his wife would break uh, her silence on his death. Entertainment Tonight will cover it. And in the topic of the headline, it would say Lance was taken from us far too soon. Lance's wife broke her silence following his sudden death. Stephanie Riddick took to her husband's verified Instagram account on Saturday and posted several profile shots of Riddick, including one where he's in character as Commander Zavala. In the caption, Stephanie also thanked fans for the overwhelming love and support during this very difficult time. Lance was taken from us far too soon. Thank you for all of your overwhelming love and support and beautiful stories shared on these platforms over the last day. She shared in the caption, I see your messages and can't begin to express how grateful I am to have them. And to the thousands of Destiny players who played in the special tribute to Lance, thank you. Lance loved you as much as he loved the game. Now, a representative for Lance would confirm to Entertainment on Friday that the actor passed away suddenly this morning from natural causes. And again, it's still weird. The man died at the age of 60. From natural causes, you again, I constantly say this over and over again. We hear somebody dying of natural causes. I believe that's starting to become the thing now for people that are not even 70 or 80 or even 90 anymore. If you happen to die at the age of 20 and 30 now, I think that's just going to be the new thing. If you die of natural causes, we're not going to really study that. I think that needs to be a legit studied thing. How do you die of natural causes at the age of 60, 50, 30, 20s? It just doesn't make sense. It makes it seem like your spirit or your inner being just say, yep, I'm ready to go now. It it doesn't... I don't think nobody could ever wrap their mind around that, but it's not about nobody right now. It's about the family of Lance Riddick, so I want to wish my condolences to them in this uh, time because it's so weird because Lance was just on a promotional tour for the John Wick uh, 4 movie, and just to hear about him passing, it was real so sudden, so... Again my condolences to the family of Lance Riddick. Now on to the second tribute or better yet condolences. This comes from NPR Bobby Codwell, singer of what won't you do for love dies at the age of 71 and the music which are listening to right now is not sky's the limit by Biggie oh no this is my flame by Bobby uh codwell and i knew of the man because of the what won't you do for love as a matter of fact to be more specific i knew of the song because one that's a classic song one and two because of a comedian uh kev on stage he did a video some years ago and he talked about things that people didn't know and this was one of them bobby codwell was the man that created this song, but anytime you would play the What Won't You Do For Love, you will always think it's a black man song, at least by just ear. But then once you saw the music video, you see it as the white dude singing it, I was startled by that. I It took me aback, but then I was like, you know what? Anybody can make any type of music, so I was real, uh, that was just something that I learned that day. But getting on to the point, his wife would tell the Associated Press, Mary Codwell that he died in her arms at their home in Great Meadows, New Jersey on Tuesday after a long illness. He was 71. And might I say, I think that's the most poetic way to go out. I think you being by your lover's side, just passing away, I think that's a good way and a good touching way to go, if I'm going to be honest. Whenever you think you're going to at least leave this earth, you always want to be surrounded by the loved ones, and he was around his wife. And again, when you think about Leaving this earth, you want to be around someone that you at least love or you know loves you. And he was around his wife, so he's actually able to leave this earth. She no longer has to see him being in pain so much after dealing with such a long illness. I believe this is just nothing but a happy moment, at least for him and the wife, at least in this scenario here. But, um, again, with all that being said, rest in peace to Lance Riddick and also rest in peace to Bobby Cladwell. I wish the families of both men. Uh, My condolences and I wish them nothing but um, well wishes as they go through this new chapter in their lives without their uh, significant other. So with that being said, you know what I got to play, play it. On to some news topics that happened this week. First thing I want to cover up is something that popped off Friday. It's come from Reuters. The ICC issues war crime warrant, well, arrest warrant for Putin. Uh, the International Crime, well, Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant on Friday against Russian President Vladimir Putin, an exceedingly rare step for the world body accusing the Russian leader of the war crime of illegally deporting hundreds of children from Ukraine. This is an important moment in the process of justice. Before the ICC, the judges have reviewed the information and evidence submitted by the ICC prosecutor and determined that there are credible allegations against these persons for the alleged crimes. The ICC is doing its part of work. As a court of law, the judges issued arrest warrants The execution depends on international cooperation. Moscow has repeatedly denied accusations that its forces have committed atrocities during its one-year invasion of its neighbor, and branded the court's decision as null and void with respect to Russia. Ukraine applauded the decision by the ICC, and Ukraine has said more than 16,000 children have been illegally transferred to Russia or Russian-occupied territories in Ukraine. A U.S.-backed report by Yale University researchers last month said Russia has held at least 6,000 Ukraine children at sites in Crimea, which Moscow annexed from Ukraine in 2024. Neither Russia nor Ukraine are members of the ICC, but Kiev granted its jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed on its territory. Now, further along in the article, it would say Putin is only the third world leader to be charged in the history of the ICC. But I don't think nobody's going to be able to try to get Putin, to be honest with you. I don't see who's going to try to uh, grab up Putin at all. Putin's going to have to leave Russia, at least in my eyes, to see him actually being charged with anything. But I don't think Putin's leaving Russia. I think Putin hasn't left Russia. If so, that would have made news, at least in America, on ABC, CBS, and all the other big top news uh, agencies. They would have said something about Putin has left Russia to go to such and such country. No, he hasn't left Russia, at least from what we've been reporting over here. So, if they're going to try to arrest him on any type of alleged crimes of this magnitude, again, he's going to have to leave Russia. And again, I don't see that happening. That's one. And two, remember when I said there needs to be some type of playbook for whenever you do go to war? There needs to be some limitations on everything. As you can tell, for the past year that Russia has invaded Ukraine and Ukraine has fought back, You have seen people dying, you have seen uh, people out in the street dying, you've seen men, women, and even you heard of children dying. All that type of stuff has happened and been circulating all out in the news, right? Now it's starting to come to terms and people are hearing that children are being abducted from their own home country by the opposition. That's when we starting to cross the line there because now you're about to hold children hostage and all that type of, well, things, And again, that goes against basically unspoken rules of war. You can attack a country, you can blow up their buildings, you can try to take their power, their electricity, and boy, have we seen Putin try that. Um, You can do all these such things, but then when you start abducting children and kidnapping them, allegedly, because again, this is all alleged, that's when we start having problems. That's whenever every country starts looking at you like, yo, you wild out here. It's different if you kill them because you can just say they were a casualty of war. This is what happens in war. But you are actively taking children and kidnapping them. That's whenever everybody looks at you as a complete sicko. So again, there needs to be rules whenever you do go to war. They need to be said and what doesn't need to be said. I think children are always off limits. Unless they happen to be a casualty or war of death. And I think that's the only time people might say, oh my God, you serious? Yeah. When you think about it, how many kids have died in war? When you see somebody invade another country. We've seen it before. It's been uh, put in history books. It's been there. We've never truly heard of kids actually being captured unless you're talking about the Nazis or slavery or any of those type of things. Well at least American history books have publicized it like that. I'm not sure how other, other countries uh publicize their um war efforts and all that type of stuff in their history books. I only tell you about my experience over here. But you get my drift here. There needs to be some type of rules and regulation when it comes down to war. I think me personally, if I had to write rules and regulation, I think men are that's That's already going to be a situation you're you're allowing men to do whatever they want. They're doing the bidding of their leaders. So that's just off top. Women and children should straight up be off limit. You should get them out of the way. If the women are a part of the military, then hey, they signed up for it. They know what the deal is. Hey, there's no more you can say about that. But the women, the children, and the men that are not in the military, the civilians, if you will, you can't be just shooting civilians. You get them out of the way, you at least give them a chance so they can actually live and tell them, yo, we're we're about to do something over here, so we need you guys to leave out of here if you don't want to be a casualty of war. You give them a heads up. Now, again, I think that it behooves people, if they get a heads up, to take that, especially in war times. And I believe if people in Ukraine knew that all this stuff was going to happen, I guarantee they would have moved out of Ukraine. Hell, you've seen it. For the past year, people in Ukraine have literally moved from the Ukraine to go to other countries to try to seek refuge as Russia has been taking over their country. You've seen them go over to other countries to just try to uh, just seek something, some type of normalcy, something to just get their minds off of what's going on in their home country. And again, there needs to be some type of rules and regulations. I think, yes, sure. War is war. It's gonna happen. It's been happening since the dawn of time, but there needs to be rules and regulations to things like this, and personally, I think that Russia got a lot of, like, slack on them because of not only that with the whole, uh, kids kind of getting, like, abducted situation, but also what happened earlier this week with, um, the U.S. drone kind of getting, sprayed down and probably popped down by one of russians uh, drones matter of fact not by probably it was by one of russia's drones because it was publicized this week as this comes from nbc news they will put out russian leadership approved actions of jets that damage u.s drones official says three u.s officials familiar with the intelligence said the highest level of the kremlin approved the aggressive actions of russian military fighter jets against a u.s military drone over the black sea on tuesday the Russian jets dropped jet fuel on the NQ-9 Reaper an unprecedented action, and the two of the officials said the intelligence suggested the intent seemed to be to throw the drone off course or disable its surveillance capabilities. It was Russian's leadership intention to be aggressive in the intercept, said one of the officials. One official said he had not gotten indications that the sign-off went all the way up to Putin, other officials declined to provide specifics beyond highest levels. So, again, we're playing mag Tally May, whatever you want to call it here. Um, but it's nothing but Russian doing whatever Russia got to do to try to uh, stop America over here. Because, again, America, we have put our nose into their business with the Ukraine uh, situation. And it is what it is. Again, this is way above my parade grade. So I'm just trying to dumb it down or at least... Make it common for everybody to at least understand. What I think is that Putin, he is getting a lot of flack because of, yes, if kids are being abducted, yes, that's a big thing, but I'm not surprised that is happening, one, and I don't think that other countries are surprised about that, too. I just think that somebody probably put a lot of it more juice on uh, the International Criminal Court I believe America, and this is just me, my whole brain theory thought of this. I think America put a lot more juice on them to probably squeeze on them. Because once you talked about uh, a U.S. military drone being taken out over the Black Seas by a Russian uh, military fighter jet. And this was something that was not even precedented to be done in an unprecedented action. This is going to upset some top U.S. officials and make them want to say, yo, Russia got to pay for this, Putin got to pay for that. So in my personal opinion, I think that's what's going down. I think Putin is doing certain things. America's been knowing it, and now they're trying to get at him because now you're starting to mess with us in a way that we're not liking it. So they got to get Vladimir. How do I think that's going to happen? I don't know. Again, Putin has to leave Russia for them actually to nab him up and do some about it, but I don't see that happening in the slightest bit, so we'll have to wait and see if that uh, quote-unquote arrest warrant is even worth the paper that it's uh, printed on. Now, off to the next topic, as it's come from the Independent. Georgia college student who complained of headache on spring break in Mexico suffers brain bleed. As the article will go down the state, a University of Georgia college student suffered a brain hemorrhage while on spring break in Mexico, leaving her temporarily on life support. Liza Burke from North Carolina remained in the hospital at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida as of Wednesday. Miss Burke was a few months from graduating when she went on trip to Cabo St. Lucas with friends, according to McClaney News. On Friday, 10th of March, Miss Burke had a headache, describing it as a migraine, prompting her to leave breakfast and go to her room for some rest. Family friend Jennifer Ryder told WAGA. When her friends couldn't wake her up a few hours, she was taken to the hospital. Her mother, Laura McKinneth, told WXIA that when her daughter went to the hospital, she was comatose. The family said in a statement to McClanney that the Asheville, North Carolina resident was diagnosed with brain bleed prompted by a tangle of blood vessels which leads to arteries and veins being wrongly linked, according to Mayo Clinic. The tangles can rupture, leading to a brain bleed, which is also called a hemorrhage. Now, further along in the article, it would state that Miss Burke had emergency surgery, during which part of her skull was removed. Uh, the student was then placed on life support. She returned with her family to the U.S. on March 14th. Um, she is now breathing on her own, and the pressure in her skull is within a good range, and there's no drainage. She remains on a ventilator to make sure that her airway stays clear, the mother told McClanney. A CT scan revealed that her situation hasn't worsened and the family is also awaiting MRI results. Uh, Ms. McKinneth told the outlet that her daughter's pupils are reacting to light and that she has begun squeezing hands, wiggling toes, and even lifting her head from the pillows. She also managed to lift her arms. So right now they're trying to say that she's in a good state right now and I'm glad to hear that because you never know what could actually happen to someone. You just never know. One day they're good. The next day they're sick, down and out. And now they got a medical condition. They got something wrong with them that they never knew that was there before. And that's what happened to this uh, young college student here. I'm glad that Miss Burke is good, fine. At least starting to get some type of uh, functions back into her bodies and uh, making connection with her body again to get herself together. So I'm glad it's all uh, turning out well. I wanted to bring this story up to everybody to just say, just get yourself checked out. Just get yourself checked out. I know people that know me personally, they might think of me right now and hear this and look at it and say, really, you're saying get checked out? Yes, I'm saying get checked out. If you feel that something is wrong, you get yourself checked out. I am known for not getting myself checked out. I know I am. I don't like getting checked out. I always feel that if you go to the doctors and then you feel well one day, you feel well, and then you go to get a checkup, they end up finding something, and then your body starts quickly diminishing and start really feeling the effects. I I know how this sounds off to the people that know me. But I feel that since I'm on here talking to multiple people, I think it's my responsibility to tell them that you need to get yourself checked out. You need to. Even if you feel you're good and you know you're well, just get yourself checked out here and there, just to make sure everything's good. Because, again, this was a freak accident. This is a one in a million chances, or one in a thousand chances. I don't know, but you just don't want none of this to actually ever happen. If you don't want to get checked out, how about this? Learn about your family history. Know what past diseases have been uh, passed down throughout your line of family. Just to keep that in mind of something in the future. If you don't want to get checked out, just at least know that one, right? Now, on to the next topic, as it's come from the Hill. As the title would read, three hospital employees, seven deputies charged with murder and the death of a black Virginia man. Ten people, including three Virginia mental health employees and seven sheriff's deputies, have been charged with murder and the death of a 28-year-old black man seen in security video being pinned down to the ground, according to officials. Ervo Otieno was arrested by Henrico police on March 3rd. Days later, on March 6th, Henrico's sheriff's deputies took him to Central State, a psychiatric hospital in Dinwiddie. They claimed he became combative and the deputies restrained him. He was later declared dead. The medical examiner's preliminary ruling was that Otieno's death was a homicide caused by asphyxiation. Otieno's case marks the latest example of a black man's in-custody death that has law enforcement under scrutiny. It follows the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee and the killing of George Floyd in police custody in Memphis. The three employees of Central State Hospital now charged with second-degree murder in Otieno's death, along with the seven deputies charged Tuesday. On Thursday, Otieno's family was joined by their lawyers Ben Crump and Mark Curtis to speak about the surveillance footage which Curtis Said, shown all seven deputies pushing down every part of his body with absolute brutality. Now, I was not prepared to see this, Curdy said. Of the video footage stressing that Otieno was in handcuffs and leg irons, you can see that they're putting their back into it. Every part of his body is being pushed down with absolute brutality. You cannot even see his image many times. Otieno had a history of mental health struggles and was experiencing mental distress at the time of his initial encounter with law enforcement earlier this month, according to the statements from his family and one of his attorneys. Curdy said the footage from the hospital showed a lack of urgency to help Otieno after the deputies determined that he was lifeless and not breathing. And then you see people standing around with their hands in their pockets and looking away, Curdy says at the news conference and there's an applicable period of time before any kind of rescue efforts are started. After CPR is administrated, the deputies drift away out of the room and into conversation by themselves, Curtis said. Now, as of right now, as the time of this recording, surveillance footage has not been released to the public. And do I think we're going to get video footage of this one being released to the public? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be any type of footage of this being released, if it does, I expect it to be like on ABC, CBS. They're probably going to get it first and uh, show it off to everybody. But I don't think we're going to get it in the way that we got Tyree Nichols situation. We're not going to get that type of unfiltered, unbrandished video out there to the public. We're not getting that with this situation here. And I don't understand. Again, it tires me out. It makes me crazy in the head if I really put a lot of brain power into it. But I just go back to this. A man has lost his life, right? And he died because of brute force by seven people. And now this is still allegedly, even though it's a video, you know what I said about alleged until somebody gets found guilty. You got to constantly use allegedly. So seven people allegedly put all their force on a man's body, basically tried to restrain him. At least that's what they're going to say. And then you had three people that were from the psychiatric hospital Trying to go there and perform CPR to resuscitate the man. And he doesn't resuscitate. He ends up passing away. Now they say there was a cover-up for it. I don't I'm not gonna go more into that. I only care about the surveillance footage because that's where the first domino lies. If you see what happens on the surveillance video of everybody putting their force on one man and he couldn't move, and then that shows you everything that you need to see right there. That guess what? Ta-da! They basically killed the man. No, do I think it was on purpose, no, but when you think about it, come on now, you're putting all your body weight onto someone on the ground, you got to start thinking with your head here, people are going to start hyperventilating, they're going to try to grasp for as much air as they can, because guess what, their body's in fight or flight moment, and they're trying to just flight, they're no longer fighting, they're just trying for flight, they're trying to just breathe, and just trying to live, and that's whenever you start hyperventilating, you're trying to grab every as much air as you can, but you got to remember, if somebody's put all their body pressure onto you. That makes it stressful for your body and your body doesn't do good in stress. It never ever does. So the man basically died because of body not getting enough oxygen and stressing out and just collapsing over. And that's something I don't understand with police officers. Listen, here's my whole thing and I've never ever stepped into foot into a shoe officer's uh, shoe. And I don't ever want to, personally. Just to that perfectly clear, too. But you guys got to be smarter than that. You guys are under fire. You guys are under the freaking microscope every single time something happens. You guys do know that, right? Like, seriously, think about it. You guys are under the microscope every single time something happens. If somebody ends up dying and the officer's around, guess what? We got to look at the officer, look at his history, look at everything. Look at the, do they have any type of footage around them? We gotta go into the footage and see what's up. We gotta do everything with an officer, constantly. You gotta do that now. And, you officers put that upon yourself, but that's what's gonna go happen here. But you guys got to think, yo, okay, it doesn't need all seven of us to try to restrain this guy. It only could be like two of us to probably put this man down. If not two, then three. But the third one, we try to Tase him if any of that type of situation, if he gets uh brutal with someone. Because when you think of mental health, there's different stages of mental health. Certain people get uh nerd dirty and nasty and violent with their mental health whenever they get confronted. Certain people like they tuck their tails and they start crying into a ball. I mean, there's different levels of mental health issues with people, and obviously. As all the reports keep going whenever somebody keeps on mentioning mental health after a police officer kills them or something of that magnitude we always say that the police officer is thinking violence every time because if not why do they have so many people but I'm going to digress on that one what I need police officers to do is to think smarter and look at all your other police comrades that have gotten at least popped or messed up because of Certain situations like this. Think about it. You guys are constantly. Going around in a pack. Of people just going after one person. One person. It doesn't need all that. It didn't need seven. People to do that. Seven sheriff deputies for this. You didn't need that. You could have just used two or three. For this situation. To try to put someone down. Or at least try to. uh, And I mean put them down. I mean like literally. It's not like dead. I'm talking about like. Put them to the ground, hold them off, try to make them at least civil, if you want them civil in a way, if you find them uncivilized. You get my drift? Nothing inhumane. Um, You could find a way to do all these type of things, but that didn't happen here. We had seven sheriff's deputies, three mental health employees, and it just turns off to one person dying. It's not a good look. More information will come out as the weeks will come. and. This is just my first thoughts on this. You don't need seven people. You need to start having like cops to start sitting down and looking at the hot topics, hot uh button pressing issues that's going around around the country with police officers and police officers that are doing bad and seeing how they're doing bad and make sure that doesn't go happening to your police force and all that type of stuff, especially mental health uh situations. As a matter of fact, I think that, police officers, and I think that even businesses need to have a course about mental health issues because mental health is still a hot button topic. Everybody is dealing with mental health now more than ever since COVID. So again, you got to look at people and think about what type of situation they're dealing with because, again, you never, ever know. And again, there's certain police officers that didn't even mean to kill this person. And I know they didn't, but this happens to be your action to what happened that day. So hopefully, I hope police officers and police stations around the country and around the nation can at least start uh, taking classes about what to do when you encounter someone that's not mentally well, that has some type of issues in the mental brain. So hopefully that type of uh, business practice comes along with cops, because I know they desperately need it after as many uh situations as we've heard about them constantly going on over and over again. Now to another miscarriage justice, as this comes from the New York Post. Two Florida assistant living facility workers accused of whipping tackling resident. Two Florida assistant living facility workers were arrested after they allegedly whipped and tackled an elderly man to the ground over the weekend, according to authorities. The appalling attack was carried out Sunday by staffers Rosa Edwards, 23 and Anisha Hall, 19, after they spotted the man who was a resident at the facility pushing an elderly female resident down the hall at Inspire Living at Ivory Ridge Assistant Living Facility, the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office alleged. Edwards began to whip the man with a lanyard as she laughed before a physical confrontation ensued, authorities said. Edwards and Hall then grabbed the man and forced him to the ground, the Sheriff's Office said. Because the man was still holding onto the wheelchair with the woman on board, she also went down as the wheelchair fell sideways. After the fiasco, the two workers ran away as the elderly residents laid on the floor. The suspects later claimed to a co-worker that the male resident battered the female resident, according to authorities. But the executive director of the facility was not buying their story and checked the surveillance footage before contacting law enforcement Monday. Edwards allegedly admitted to investigators she used excessive force during the incident and that both women should have handled it differently, the sheriff's office said. Edwards and Hall were each charged with two counts of battery of a person 65 age or older. They were suspended from their jobs pending termination, the sheriff's office said. Neither resident was injured, the sheriff's office said. So you got two women over here. They're young. And again, I don't want nobody young working at a uh, residential living assistant place like this. You got a 23-year-old and a 19-year-old. Come on now. And I understand they feel that they had to go over there because you see a man pushing a female uh, elderly resident in the hall. And I understand why you would want to go over there. But also, mind you, the man was elderly himself. But I digress. You see someone doing something that you don't like and your temper is probably up there already. You probably came into work with a bad attitude. Again, this is all me just having a theory here. This is all just me just throwing it out there. And you go over there and you could have just easily broke it up, but no. You decide to go after the guy. You uh, start hitting him with your lanyard and then he starts not taking in. He wants to get at it with you. And now your partner goes over there and you and your partner just grab the man and put him onto the ground. You guys run away because by doing that, you also put the woman that he was pushing in the hallway on the ground as well. And... It is what it is. You guys got scared at the moment, and now, guess what? You guys are now in jail because you guys lied to officials, you lied to people. And that's what happened here. I don't want a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old in any type of living facility, like, working there. I don't. I want somebody at least late 20s, early 30s working there. I do, because at least they have some seasoning, they've uh, seen people, they know people, they talk to elderly people, they at least have something. To say, yo, I'm not going to do any stupidity uh, things. I'm not going to do anything that makes no sense or just going to cost me my job or my livelihood. 23 and 19, you're still capable of doing stupid things. I mean, everybody's still capable of doing stupid things, but at the age of 23 and 19, working at a living facility, you're going to do some stupid things. And this just happened to be one of them. So that's what happened here. Again, they still say that uh, they got... Uh, suspended, they haven't been fired, they're only going to be fired pending uh, the investigation. But it is what it is. I'm glad that no resident was injured. Now, on to the next topic is sticking in Florida, more specifically Orlando, Florida. As the article would read, the children's respiratory therapist arrested for touching children in Orcielo County, as this comes from WESH2. I believe this is coming from NBC's affiliation with them. A children's respiratory therapist has been arrested in Oceello County after authorities says he touched young girls inappropriately. The sheriff says that more victims could be out there and detectives are urging them to come forward. According to Osceello County Sheriff Marco Lopez, two teenage girls have claimed that 40-year-old Aaron Meehan touched them inappropriately. The first victim, a 15-year-old, came forward in February and claimed that Meehan had been molesting her since she was 12. A second victim has also spoken up. Meehan, who was working in Alaska recently, may have had contact with other children, according to Lopez. Authorities in Alaska and other locations where he has worked are now investigating. Meehan was arrested in Orlando when he got off the plane. When asked for comment following his arrest, Meehan denied the allegations. Lopez says, Meehan is now facing charges of lewd and lascivious behavior, that more charges are forthcoming. When he got off the plane, he looked like a totally different person. We already had the warrant in hand. He had shaved his head, he had glasses, and he tried to duck away from OPD and our detectives when they were there. But they got him, and thank God, he's arrested, Lopez said. So, they're planning on more people to try to come out there and say that he... Uh, touched them when they were young children and i have no sympathy for people like this again this is all allegedly but you got to take into account whenever some people come out you got to just look at them and be like all right we're gonna dig up into it we're gonna look into it and we're gonna go into the claim and everything else now i just don't like it you got a doctor going and touching children i think that's a way where a lot of nasty, creepy people get their feels and get their kinks and touches on. I don't like it. That's disgusting to me. I just don't... I don't like it at all. Again, this is all alleged. We're all hoping that this is true. Because, again, just to hear and think of somebody actually being uh, charged with this and it's not true. Guess what? That just makes this more nastier. Because why would two teenagers want to lie about something like that? Um, but... We'll have to wait and see if more evidence does come out or more people are going to come out and say something about Aaron Meehan touching them. But if they are telling the truth, again, this is always the if part in which I'm hoping that they are telling the truth here. I hope that they get some actual therapy and all this type of stuff because somebody touching you since the age of 12 and now you're coming out at the age of 15. That's three years of them touching you and that's not good. That's not good at all. And just think of all the other victims that he has touched. And as I said, this is only two girls so far. They're hoping that more people will come out if he did touch them. So I'm hoping that this guy gets locked away if he did do these things. We always got to put the if in there because we don't know. So let this be a lesson to all you other nasty freaks out there. Don't do that with young children. Don't. Go off and do something with yourself. Seriously, I'm not going to say what. You figure that out on your own. But don't go out there and try to mess with young children. That's disgusting. That's nasty. I think everybody, at least on this earth, can all agree that children are precious. Children are the number one key priority. That you don't want something to happen to them. You would rather have something happen to an adult before a child. So, again, if you are thinking about doing something with a child... Don't, you nasty sicko. Do not do it. Now, off to a couple of updates on news stories that I mentioned before in past episodes. The first update comes from People, as the article was state. Parents of a 14-year-old boy who died in amusement park fall reach settlement as demolition of the ride begins. As the article was state, an amusement park in Florida has begun to remove a 430-foot-tall ride where a 14-year-old boy fell to his death last year. Tyree Sampson of Missouri died while he visited Orlando's Icon Park during a visit on March 24, 2022. An incident report released shortly after the incident said Sampson came out of his seat after boarding the park's Orlando freefall ride attraction. The report noted that Sampson's harness was still in a down and locked position when the ride stopped. Almost a year to the incident's anniversary, Samson's mother visited the park for the first time as demolition work began on the ride. In a press conference streamed by Fox 35, his mother spoke candidly about her son's death, stating, My son took his last breath on this ride. So it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. It's a feeling I hope no other parent will ever have to go through after this ride comes down. The mother said when he passed, I wasn't there for him. After the incident, the parents of Tyree filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the amusement park, the Slingshot Group, which owns the ride, ride manufacturer, Funtime Thrill Rides, and Jersh Lauer Amusement Park Rides, which manufacture the seats and harnesses. During Wednesday's press conference, the mother, accompanied by her attorney, shared that an undisclosed settlement has been reached between the park and Slingshot Group. Now, with that being said, I did not know this has almost come up to a whole entire year, since that whole incident happened. I know it happened last year. I remember talking about that whenever it first, like, happened. But I forgot that it was a year. I thought it would have happened, like, in June or something. But I digress. Um, I still feel for the family. I know nobody should ever have to feel that way of a parent losing their kid after the kid just went to an amusement park because they were just going to go out there and have fun. No parent ever expects to hear about their child dying at an amusement park. But freaky things happen, and again, I hope this serves as a notice to all the amusement park uh, places out there to please check your uh, buckles, please check people are safe and secured in said uh, rides, in said seats, because again, everything could happen, anything and everything could happen, there's always a free incident, there's always something, there's been videos of amusement park rides that work fine at one moment, the next thing you know, they completely go janky, and you never ever understand or figure out how it happens. But again, as I said before, freaky things happen. So hopefully this uh situation plays as a learning experience, not just for the parents or the people going up on these rides, but also the people that operate the rides and uh, own the rides. Please look after everyone on there and make sure that your harnesses and everything, the buckles and all that type of stuff, or up the code and actually do lockdown. Now, off to the second update, as this comes from Yahoo News. Supporters seek earlier prison release for daycare owner who shot husband over sex abuse claims. Supporters of a former daycare owner in Baltimore County, Maryland, are calling for an earlier prison release for her after she shot her husband over allegations that he had sexually abused multiple children who were in their care. In early February, Superior Court Judge Michael O'Keefe rejected a plea deal reached between the prosecutor and the defense and sentenced Shanteri Weems to four years in prison and two years of supervised probation under her release. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, Weems, who's 50, had pleaded guilty to one count each of aggregated assault and carrying a pistol without a license in the shooting, which happened in July 2022. Prosecutors recommended only a two-year sentence for both counts, but O'Keefe rebuked Weems for taking the law into her own hands, calling the shooting premeditated. Weems' husband, James Weems Jr., is facing criminal charges in connection with the sex abuse allegations. His attorney told Yahoo News he believes in the presumption of innocence and find it deplorable that a person would shoot someone under any circumstances. What does one say to those who express outrage and condone Vigilantism without having all the facts, his attorney was said in a statement on TikTok, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Shanteri Weems supporters have used the hashtag #FreeShanteri to express their outrage about the outcome of the case. One person on Twitter did tweet out, "Shanteri Weems did nothing wrong. At the very least, she deserves her freedom and our support." Another person would tweet, "Love you, Miss Shani. You don't have a mean bone in your stature. You did what needed to be done morally for them babies." Anybody would have snapped, free you, beautiful. We miss you on the other side. Hashtag free Shantiri. Another person would tweet, and she did nothing wrong. Free Shantiri till it's backwards. And we would go on and on. Somebody else would tweet out, absolutely, hashtag free Shantiri. Now, CBS News would report that 93 children were interviewed as part of the investigation by Baltimore authorities, according to the Baltimore County Circuit Records. James Weems has been charged with 33 counts of rape and child sex crimes in the case of four children, boys and girls, between the ages of 9 and 11. Shantiri Weems has been cooperating with investigations in Baltimore County and filed for divorce in February. So, here you go. They're still up there. They're still doing their thing. Uh, Apparently, James Weems is still currently being held without bond as he awaits trial, which is set to begin on May 22nd. So there's your update on that story. I remember talking about that one again last year, and I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot about that whole story completely until, again, it popped up on my news feed this week. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, they still have her in jail. That's weird. Why haven't they already gotten her out? Whenever you hear about a woman shooting a guy because of some uh, child abuse or sexual abuse to a child. I can see a woman snapping off on a man for that. I can believe that wholeheartedly because women are emotional style uh, people more than men. Men were more ego-driven. Women it has been at least shown a lot that they are emotional driven. They are more focused on pleasing other people themselves. They probably dictate as last. You always kind of see that a lot. And with this story breaking last year, I remember talking about this, and I said, yo, get her out of there if she did nothing wrong, and if the man did do what he did do, yo, know, put him in jail. Matter of fact, put him underneath the jail, and with it already being reported that they're, what, interviewing, or they did interview 93 children as part of the investigation, I don't know what more to tell you. If you interview 93 children, and you're already charging him with 33 counts of rape and uh, child sex crimes between the ages of... on both boys and girls. I don't know what more to tell you here. You should get the woman out. If anything, you should have her at least try to testify to explain why she did shoot him. And if you got both, the prosecution and the defense trying to make a deal for her to get out earlier and the judge is saying no, at least the prosecution and the defense know that she shouldn't be in there. That's not right and that's not cool. It's not great that the judge happens to turn down that plea deal. Just because you think that was premeditated. Again, women snap. We've all seen it before. Hell, there's a show on Oxygen called Snapped. So let's just be real here. Anybody hearing about somebody messing around with a child, they're going to snap off, especially when you are a owner of a daycare. That's Your whole prime duty is to look after children while their parents are gone. And if you hear about your partner, your husband or wife, whoever it is that you're dealing with, that you have this relationship with, messing around with a child, you're going to spaz out on your partner. You're going to, because, again, you're messing around with children. Children are the most innocent thing on the planet. You don't have that, you don't You don't touch children like that. You don't do nothing like that to children. That's disgusting. You don't do that to anybody, but especially children. So, again, I can see why she did what she did, but, again, time won't tell. Hopefully she gets out Hopefully, Miss Weems gets out, and again, I hope she does, to be honest with you, because again, I'm with a lot of these people. She did nothing wrong if that's the case, but we still have to wait until May 22nd because that's when uh, James Weems Jr.'s uh, trial would officially begin. Now, off to another update. This is a Tiger Woods and his ex-girlfriend situation, as it's come from Insider, as the article would state. Tiger Woods ex Erica Herman signed an NDA in exchange for the opportunity to spend time with the golfer, court documents would state. Now, going further along into the article, it would state that Tiger Woods lawyers shared a copy of the non-disclosure agreement he had his then-girlfriend Erica Herman sign soon after they started dating in 2017, as the golfer tries to force her to arbitrate a disagreement out of court, while the copy of the NDA that was provided in Martin County, Florida Circuit Court on Monday was heavily redacted. It does show that Herman agreed to arbitrate all disputes with Woods as consideration for the opportunity to continue to spend time with him and be privy to certain private and confidential aspects of his personal lives. Lawyers for Herman and Woods did not immediately return insider's request for comment on Tuesday. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. So that's their situation right there. I don't know more to tell you. Uh, They would continue going on by saying Wood's lawyers filed a copy of the NDA in a motion to compel arbitration in the second lawsuit on Monday. A similar filing arguing that the Speak Out Act doesn't apply to the NDA was made in the first lawsuit on Monday as well. In both filings, Wood's attorney described Herman as a jilted ex-girlfriend. Ms. Herman is not a victim of sexual assault or abuse sought to be protected by Congress. When enacting the statute, Wood's lawyers wrote, Rather, Miss Herman is a jilted ex-girlfriend who wants to publicly litigate suspicious claims in court rather than honor her commitment to arbitrate disputes in a confidential arbitration uh, proceeding. In Herman's original complaint against the trust, she alleges that she was tricked into moving out of Wood's home. Herman says she was told to pack her bags for a short vacation, but when she left the home, she was notified that she had been locked out of the residence where she had lived for the previous six years. So, they're trying to say that Tiger was pulled a dick move on her by uh, kicking her out by saying that, hey, we're going on a vacation. That's at least what she's saying. And, okay, cool, fine, whatever. Certain people might say that's a dickhead move. Listen, I say, listen, you get people out any way that you can. Now, could he have been a man and say, yo, I don't want to... Be with you anymore. I'm breaking up with you. That could have already happened. Tiger Woods hasn't said much. He's allowing his lawyers to basically do all the work here. I would love for Tiger to come out. But again, Tiger is a uh, public figure. He is a guy that has already dealt with some uh, shame and embarrassment years ago. And now with this popping up, I would love to see Tiger Woods come out here and actually speak about his relationship with uh, his ex-girlfriend here. A quote unquote the jilted ex-girlfriend. I would love for him to talk about all the time that they spent together, the time that he was with her at his golfing tournaments, their vacations that they would go on, and all this type of stuff, and explain how they broke up. Did he ever try to break up with her before she wouldn't leave the home and this was his last resort to try to pull it off this way? What just something? I understand you got lawyers doing your bidding or doing your will because again you're a public figure you don't want to come off looking like a dickhead or anything out here like this but with the story that she's at least put out here people are going to say that you're a dickhead because you could have just been a man and try to make her uh leave your home just by saying yo i'm done with you or we're breaking up and i don't want you here anymore but there's probably a method to the madness because he probably did try to break up with her before she wasn't having it and they end up getting back together and then Tiger's mind. Guess what? Okay, I still don't want to be with her. So okay, I gotta finally figure out a way to get her out of here. And he probably talked to certain people. They concocted this plan and they got her out of here this way. Again, this is all just me coming up with theories here. I'm not saying that actually did happen. Again, this is theories. So allegedly. Um, I don't know. I would love for Tiger to at least come out and say something. Say something, Tiger, because right now. I'm not certain how people in high places look at this. I think people in high, uh, well, high business ranking, high positions, I think they don't see Tiger differently. I think they see Tiger as being Tiger, and this is just one of the situations that people have to deal with. And again, I think if you sign an NDA, you actually have to be quiet about certain things, unless you actually did get abused or sexually harassed. Now, if she's just being a jilted or jaded lover, uh, this shouldn't... uh, this shouldn't work. This should not be the case here. You just take your licks and just, you just got to go. It is what it is. You sign an NDA, dog. But more time will tell as more things will uh, pop up in the news, and I will bring it back to you on this podcast. Now, off to another update as this coming from TMZ. This is the Michael Irvin situation. Michael Irvin has now uh, been presented with the Marriott video footage of him talking to his quote-unquote accuser here and in the video you can see him talking to his accuser and he probably touched her on the elbow probably like twice and in that video she did not look like she was uncomfortable she had a friendlier type stance You in the video you can also see uh, the lawyer breaking down everything and ultimately it seems like Michael Irvin did nothing wrong. Now for the people that don't remember, Michael Irvin is suing Marriott the hotel because someone that works in Marriott is accusing Michael Irvin of sexual misconduct and Marriott had the video footage that could have basically killed that woman's claim of saying that Michael Irvin uh sexually had a misconduct towards her, but they did not hand that over. Michael Irvin ends up suing Marriott because he ends up losing his uh deal with not saying his deal, but he ends up losing the opportunity to be an analyst at the latest Super Bowl that just happened. So, he ends up suing Marriott for $100 million here, and now he finally has the video, and looking at the video, you can go to TMZ, you can see that he did nothing wrong with the lady, as a matter of fact, it seems that like they just had a nice uh, chat, and only thing he probably did was just, what, touch her twice on the elbows, and he just gave her a handshake and just left after that. So... I'm not certain what type of mis, uh, sexual misconduct he did towards her. I know from the video that they've shown, uh, that's not the case here. There's nothing here. It has been reported that Michael Irvin wants to get this case dismissed out of Texas, and he wants to refile it in Arizona, the actual location where um, this quote-unquote incident did happen. So he wants to refile this $100 million lawsuit in Arizona. Only time's gonna tell if it does take place if they're going to dismiss it in Texas, but we'll have to wait and see. But you can go and watch the video yourself on TMZ. This uh video with Irvin and the woman again. This was a bad situation. I don't know what people are looking for whenever they uh try to sue someone for a sexual misconduct or say that someone did a sexual misconduct when somebody didn't. Now this is the only video that has come out so far. And we'll have to wait and see when more information comes out. If there is another video of Michael Irvin saying something or doing something towards this lady. But so far with this video being the only video being put out right now. This video shows that Michael Irvin did not, and I repeat, did not have any sexual misconduct with that lady. Now onto the last topic I technically want to talk about today. It's the banks being shut down. Or at least the banks starting to get shut down. It started happening happen uh, this week with Silicon Valley Bank uh, crashing and I want to read you something from Daily Mail. Um, it reads, First Republic Bank executives quietly sold $12 million in stock before Silicon Valley crash. Chairman sold $4.5 million. Chief credit officers sold $2.5 million in trades, ending just two days before the crash. And the head of wealth management sold 73% of his shares worth $3.5 million in January First Republic Bank executives quietly sold nearly $12 million worth of stocks in just the past three months, according to the Wall Street Journal. And all four of the struggling bank's top executives sold $11.8 million worth of stocks so far this year at prices averaging well below $130 a share, the journal found. Continuing on in the article, some of these sales came just days before this bank started facing troubles as panicked investors sought to get their money back following the fall of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. It remains unclear whether the executives engaged in any insider trading. A did say, I believe the government are looking into seeing if they had any insider trading. And also, in the article it will say, investors now worry about a pending recession, though Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen insisted on Thursday the U.S. banking system is safe and sound, noting... This week's actions demonstrate our resolve and commitment to ensure that our financial system remains strong and that depositors' savings remain safe. I don't believe none of that mess. I believe that people should have their money in different banks. Do that. Don't just rely all in one bank. That That's something to note one off right here. And two, I wonder how Martha Stewart's feeling, to be honest with you. Martha Stewart, she got uh, clipped years ago, probably about a decade and some odd years ago. Of insider trading, whenever uh she got money out of this in Wall Street and she ended up going to jail for that. And again, I don't understand how that's even a part of the situation, how that could be like that is what it is. The government, they have insider trading all day. You have governors and senators up there that do Wall Street, and I guarantee they know, oh, yo, something's about to crash. You probably want to pull your money out of that, or blah, 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 or this is about to go up or down. I know all those gov- governors and senators are making money off the of Wall Street. I know they are. Nobody's going to tell me that they're not. And I just want to know how Martha Stewart is feeling about seeing all this. You got people out here that literally did the exact same crime as you. And now you got the government saying, yeah, we're going to look into it. Now, if these four guys happen to get no time and they say they found no insider trading, I'm going to tell you that is a complete lie. Somebody has to have money. Uh, Stuffed into the pocket of whoever is looking into this. I'm just gonna be blunt with you because there's no way on God's green you mean to tell me you have that much great uh coincidences to sell off some of your stocks literally months before a bank starts to fall and things start to happen in the world of banking and money. You're not gonna tell me you have great, oh, that was just a coincidence. No, you had somebody tell you what's about to go down, somebody did something up there to tell you, hey, start selling your stuff. We're going to start this month. And you're going to start selling it off bit by pieces. You're going to tell your people to start selling their stuff off bits and pieces as well. That's just my way of thinking. But again, I'm going to be keeping my eye on this one too, because I want to see some of these guys go to jail. I'm not going to lie to you. This is just my bias completely. I do. Because if Martha Stewart went to jail for insider trading, I want some of these four to go to jail. It could be two. It could be three. Or it could be all four, not just one. I want either two or up to go to jail. I'm just going to be blown with you. So we'll have to wait and see with that. But also, again, I want somebody to talk to Martha and ask how she's feeling about it, to be honest with you. I really do. And also, how is insider trading a bad thing? If you have the knowledge and you have people that's going to give you uh, the information that you need to make your life better, I don't understand how you're going to say, uh, that's, that's bad because everybody else out there in the government don't have that information. There's a lot of people out here in the, inf- in the government that don't have a lot of information and somehow they constantly get bombarded with things while people that have the information, they don't pay no type of penalty for what the information that they do know. Again, that's just me going off on a tangent here. And uh, yeah, that's it. This has been the episode. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Audible. I want to thank you guys, listeners, for listening to me just rant and rave about things today. Again, the episode was called Tired, so you should expect that um i want to thank you guys seriously all just aside i want to thank you guys because every single week you guys download the episodes i see it i see where it's coming from i appreciate everybody i appreciate you guys uh from the bottom of my heart and always remember i love you 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 i, love you. I do love you all this is not a gimmick i gotta constantly say that every single week so you guys know that i really do mean that This is not a gimmick this is me being bluntly honest i appreciate every single one of you the people that downloaded the people that will download the first day the second day days after even the weeks after i appreciate everyone and i want everyone to please uh talk to your loved ones make contacts with them call them up text them see how they're doing and when you wake up in the morning just say something positive because when you say something positive you at least can start off on a positive note for that day, and you don't have to start off on a negative note. That's something that I've been living by for the past two years, and I can say I, my life has been doing uh, pretty well for the past two years since I've been starting off at least with a prayer or something positive every single day. So I just want you guys to do that, okay? I want you guys to have a great Sunday. Please be well. Please don't let Daylight Savings kick your butt the way it is kick kicked mine for this past week and uh get yourself rejuvenated because that's what i'm planning on doing with myself as well so i love you all i thank you this has been the sunday episode of my two cents podcast remember i have a wrestling episode that happened that came out yesterday and i will be having a wednesday episode midweek breakdown that's coming out this wednesday and uh yeah just keep in touch whenever those uh upload and all that good stuff so with that i love you all i thank you have a good day this is a goodbye this until you hear from the sweet sound of voice again he is I and I am him I have been G2 I love you all I thank you and Kanye could you please take these people home I'm tired you tired uh-huh. Jesus I- wept